Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking Black Sales. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here yet again to break down the series, Black Sales. But before we do that, let me introduce my wonderful co-host. I'm going to start off with the one, the only, Yardley. What's up, Yardley? Hey, I'm doing great, Kente. It's kind of good to talk about Black Sales. It's been a, a good long while, so I'm pretty eager to jump back in. Yeah, me too, man. It's very exciting, and, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Also joining us, this is a guy we haven't talked to in a minute. Glad that he's with us and that he's still living, he's still breathing. It's the one and only Olaf Barbosa, Captain Barbosa. Hey, guys, how you doing? It's like, yeah, it's been a minute or two since we've, since we've talked about this. So I'm, I'm excited to be here tonight. There's always another great day in the great state of Indiana. All right. And last but definitely not least, it is Jen. How you doing, Jen? I'm doing awesome. Like Yardley, I'm so excited to talk about black sales again. I do feel like it's been forever since we've had any conversation about it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's funny, though. Uh, there's some shows that, um, you know, you may have enjoyed them. And once it goes away, you know, you take it out of your head. Um, there's some shows that, you know, you're just glad when it goes off the air because it ends. You know, uh, it may have started out good, but the last season, <laughs> Dexter uh, sucked and you're just glad that it's over. And then you have a situation like black sales where it was great from beginning to the end. And it's a show that although it ended when it needed to end, it has, uh, it's definitely a show that you still think about and you want to talk about. And I'm glad that we took a year. It's been about a year, I think, right. Since we, uh, talked about the show to come back and really give a retrospective of what we thought about the series overall. And um, I want to start off with uh, with you, uh, Yardley. Um, I remember we were talking, I think it was after we we did a show recently, and you were talking about, you know, at the point in which you became a fan of the show. Uh, if, if you don't mind, would you want to share that with the listeners? Well, I know that when the show came on, you know, at the time, I didn't have stars. So I think I heard about it online you know, initially. After a while, um, I made the decision to do it because I had read um, someone that did like a write-up. You know how they send those screeners out to people? So I think someone who had already seen the series, I might have read a review, was kind of talking it up, saying that it wasn't, you know, your granddad's pirates or, or whatever. So I ended up giving it a chance, and honestly, the first... I had to probably... It took me four goes to get through the first episode, because at first it didn't really have me and I kept having to rewind, you know, start over, right? So after I got through the first episode, I'd probably have to say I was pretty locked in 
by the third or the fourth because I actually started, you know, I took time to sit down and actually watch it. So I started getting kind of familiar, getting a feel of who I was, you know, liking and who I wasn't or whatever. So I'll say about by the fourth episode, I was sold. And then I think, I can't remember how this went down, but had the series started when we talked about doing the podcast, but I think it was two episodes in, right? No, no, actually, th- that was one of those things where we actually caught it at the very beginning. We were, we, you know, we took a, a chance, you know, we just said, you know what, we think this show is going to be good. And it was one of those situations where we didn't wait, it, we didn't wait for it to be great. Yeah. And we just started doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I know that when we first started doing our podcast, there was none of that stuff that was on, was on iTunes. I think, you know what, that's what it was. Cause I remember talking to you and I was like, man, nobody's set up anything for black sales, blah, blah, blah. And then we ended up diving in. So yeah, that's right. Cause I think that and hell on wheels were probably the first two that we got way ahead of uh, the game on. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were definitely the only game in town uh, for both of those for a long time. So I don't even know. I mean, I didn't even really check out any other podcasts that covered black sales. I know there, I think they did like after buzz, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if there was many, uh, fan, uh, shows about black sales. If so, I didn't catch it. So excuse me if there is some out there. Yeah. I think, um, around the time, um, in the first season after Buzz did start covering it because the guy who did um, the male host that did that for after Buzz started following us on Twitter and all of that type of stuff. It was just kind of, it was kind of fun having another, you know, podcast network kind of, you know, talking about it. Cause I I would watch it from time to time, but I, I have to say, you know, in terms of fan participation, um, you know, the black sales community totally rivals the Hell on Wheels community. And actually, I can make a case that as far as any radio is concerned, there's probably more fans of black sales than Hell on Wheels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, well, uh, you still have people uh, asking to join the, you know, or to join the black sales, you know, group. So there's still, you know, we're still getting people wanting to join even, you know, recently. Yeah, that's true. It actually, daily, uh, Jen, doesn't there like, you know, a few people a day? I mean, at least that's pretty steady. Oh, yeah. And our post count is like, I mean, there there can easily be uh, 50 to 70 responses a day to all kinds of things. So, yeah, it gets really busy. Well, Jen, I, I mean, and I do think maybe a fair amount of people who were Hell on Wheels fans uh, that listened to us on that podcast, I definitely noticed some people transitioned over um, to Black Sales because we started doing a, you know, started doing the show on it. And I thought that that was cool to kind of have some familiar faces from from both places. Uh, I thought that that was actually, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, you know, like, you know, it's funny because you never know how, you know, how people are going to react to something that you're doing. And then when people react very positively and really, you know, show that support and that love, it's it's pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, I, you know, it's like I thought the show was going to be pretty good, you know, and but you, you never know. Right. And stars, 
Stars, to be fair to Stars, they do have a good reputation of creating pretty good programming. Um, they're pretty, they're pretty consistent, I would say, and uh, so, and they definitely did a great job with this one. So, so cool. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Agreed. But what about this, Olaf? Do you think that stars, I, like this good programming that stars has, it also suffers because it's on stars? You know what I mean? Right. I think, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Do you think it would be more successful if it might? Like, could you imagine Black Sales on HBO? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would, it would really, it would go crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I, HBO pretty much. If you put pretty much HBO, damn near anything they touch is generally gold. I mean, obviously they have a couple of missteps, but for the most part, they're they're batting a thousand. <laughs> you know, with uh, well, not a thousand. I'll say they're batting seven hundred, which is great. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I should well, say that. Even even if they would have, uh, if black sales would have gone to uh amc i think it would have pushed out the one popular show <laughs> now. Uh, well i mean but the other thing yeah here's the thing like there aren't a lot of shows that are on um amc anymore i mean before you had what was it uh breaking bad and i think mm-hmm. uh, uh it was Mad Men, right? Uh, I can't say. Oh yeah, yeah Bad, Mad Men. Yeah. Mad Men, and what what was the other one? There, there was another one, but there there's like a man, maybe a handful at best of like shows that were actually that were really you know noted for being great shows, like you know the Breaking right. Bad, you know of course Mad Men. But they don't like you know. There's a lot of shows they got that are garbage. <laughs> so you know what I mean. AMC and plus AMC, I, you couldn't do the things that you you do on stars on AMC. No, no, you could. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They, they, it's like if it did go there, it would lose a lot of its, uh, a lot of the meat of the show because they wouldn't be able to show it. Well, another thing is on The Walking Dead, uh, <laughs> it's a big deal when somebody gets bashed over the head, and in Black Sails, that was the second episode. <laughs> right. That that was the, um, you know, NBC tried to do uh, a pirate show during the Black Sails time. Crossbones. flopped completely. Yeah, it really flopped. And, and part of the flop was the constraints that were put on it because it wasn't written for... Uh, a network that was pay subscription. That's why. Was, was it Anson Mount that we brought up that show to, and he had, his reaction was like hilarious? I think it was Anson Mount, right? From Hell on Wheels, we brought up Crossbones, and he was just like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> he acted like he wanted to throw up." <laughs> I know, might have been the second time we had him on the show. Yeah, he was like, "Oh God, it's terrible." <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, pretty bad. Um, and okay, so we're we're gonna talk a lot about the series and go in depth and and all of that. But before we do that, it's very important for us to give some shout outs. And um, the first shout out is definitely uh, the, our group. Our group is freaking amazing. Uh, <laughs> you know, the group is really great. And you know, kudos to, uh, of course, Yardley. Kudos to Jen. And big kudos to Jacqueline. 
I mean, you guys really, really, really uh, make that that uh, group just go. Um, thank you guys so much. And um, I just really want to get in, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not in the group as much as I probably should be. But when I'm in there, I mean, it's always like, you know, really good community. And I always think like, man, we maybe we should start doing some kind of content for the group um, just because they're so engaged into it and to keep that engagement. Um, uh, just Jen, what is uh, what is it that you like most about the black sales group? About the black sales group? Well, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, that there's there's so many different levels of interest that people have. You know, there's a heck of a lot of people that are just kind of there for the eye candy. But there's so many people that get drawn in because of that and then realize that there is a whole other level of stuff happening. And it's the discussion of, uh, in fact, not that long ago, a couple of days ago, uh, I started a thread that was, uh, if you could change one thing about black sales, what would it be? And it I don't know, we must have gotten 160, 170 responses on it that were just sort of, you know, the most of the, or not most of them, uh, some of the people were, you know, it ended too soon or, but then there were really thoughtful discussion pieces about um, how it ended, that they didn't like Vane's death, that they were uh, upset with Teach, uh, Teach's death specifically. They didn't like the governor. You know, it, it generated a lot of, of other discussion. So I think just the multi-levels of things that are happening, that makes the group really engaging. That is so funny, though. I mean, I'm trying to save this for when we talk about the series, but that it went on. It didn't go on long enough. That's a funny one to me. I'm like, how long did they think it was going to go on? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was always going to be a short well, I mean, I don't even know if you want to call it a short show. Four seasons is a, a good run for Four any Four seasons series. is respectable. Yeah, it's and it wasn't canceled. That's the thing that people have to understand. <laughs> the show wasn't canceled exactly. at all. That's yep. a big difference. They, yeah, they ran it. They ran the four. The four seasons was just the right amount for what they were doing, and ended at a good spot. I mean, it, I, I don't, you know, I would have liked, you know, like everybody else. I'd still like to see more, you know, more of it. But I think if they went on to like a fifth or sixth sixth season, I don't think it would have. I think it would have kind of, you know, tapered off. The- you know what I found? The show is kind of getting into the Wire territory um, in that The Wire was a bigger show after it went off the air. And I'm starting to see that with Black Cells. It seems like now more people have got, I, you know, I don't know what streaming site is it on. Is it on Hulu or Amazon? Or um, because it seems like a lot of people have seen it within the last year yeah. or so. Well, I think it's actually, on, uh, isn't it? Back is, on is, Stars, it, yeah. Well, no, I was saying, I, I think it's on, I, I want to say it's on, uh, it might be Hulu. I could have sworn that I, I, I saw it on either Hulu or Netflix, but I could be totally wrong. It, it's not Netflix, but it is on Hulu. Would, would you say that the show is probably bigger now than it was when it was on air? Because it seems like more people, like I used to have to, when, when I would say that I'm doing a black sales show, they would be like, oh, you're doing on retail. 
black people uh, in retail. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Like I would have to explain what the show is and where it is and all that. And it seems like now I have people coming up to me talking about black sales. And then when I say, hey, I, we used to do a podcast on it, they were like, really? You know, <laughs> so that wasn't happening really when we were doing the show. It seems like since yeah. the show's gone well, off the, the air. The other thing is, the other thing is the, the show for us ended, uh, what, March, something mm-hmm. like that, somewhere around there. And then the the overseas release didn't happen till like the end of last year mm-hmm. so a lot of people kind of came into it really late because they didn't they didn't even know uh that the last season had premiered until they saw stuff for the last season so yeah it's it's all over the place it, it's so funny every once in a while we'll get somebody in there that hasn't seen the entire season and they'll complain about spoilers or something because they haven't seen the whole thing yet. So it's still kind of funny that way. Oh, but yeah. Uh, can, can well, we... and, and also, but let me say this mm-hmm. quickly, Kente. All of the credit, all of the stuff with the group, I deflect all of that praise over to Jen and Jacqueline. I, I like you. I'll kind of parachute in every now and then, look around, <laughs> and then, you know what I'm saying, sashay myself out of the room. But uh, they do a good job of keeping Amazing. the conversation going. Because I have to say, the, the black sales group, because, you know, I, I don't know if I want to call it a tie, but it's up there. Because we used to have these long threads in the Hell on Wheels, um, mm-hmm. which was kind of our flagship show. Uh but the Black Sales fan group, they're they're just steady. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. it's steadily content and people always have good stuff. So you know what? Maybe after this podcast it'll probably inspire me to maybe and, rewatch the series. And don't forget <laughs> we've got one more member of the team that is specifically Facebook and her name is Carol. Carol Goodman. She oh, yes. is also one of the most awesome people. I mean, basically there's a core group of people that just, you know, they post, they they create discussion and then everybody else sort of comes in. So uh, the, those people are really the most awesome people. Yeah, I think maybe we should do a, a Facebook live or something in the group uh something or other because I mean, it's just like there you know the the love that we get um you know, in that group and the love that the show gets is so awesome. You know, it, it really definitely, uh, it definitely makes it worth that we did, you know, we did the show for so long and that, you know, the community that's grown out of it is, is just amazing. I never would have thought that it was going to be like that, you know, like you never know. Right. And, uh, it's definitely a testament to the show. And then, you know, of course, Jen and Jacqueline, you guys just drive it so well you know it's like wow and you guys make it where it's not just about you know uh veins abs and, you know and <laughs> <laughs> so you know you guys keep it going even though i'm sure you guys uh dip in those conversations the, too yeah there's plenty of those discussions as well so you know if you're listening and you're thinking gee i don't want to be part of that no we got plenty of those discussions too <laughs> all right and then uh, another shout out we got to do is one of the things that's been so cool about doing this podcast is that we have had opportunities to chat with some of the people that's been on the show. And uh, I want to uh, take a moment um, to list who we've had. Uh, we had uh, Mark Ryan, and he did – the Mark Ryan uh, episode was so cool. I don't know if you, you heard it, Jen, but 
we had Mark Ryan, uh, Mr. Gates or Gates. I'm yep. sorry. Um, like he literally, he was so cool because we wanted him to be on before he was on, and he kept saying, "No, no, just trust me. You're gonna want me at, after the finale." And he was so <laughs> cool. He literally um, cut the rest of his schedule so that he could really be on the show and really give to the show, and which was cool. Like, uh, what was he? He must have been on for like three hours. It was a long. Yeah, I mean, wow. easily he was ready to go. I mean, he even said he was ready to go another two because you know that he was podcasting as well um, at the time. So he was he was totally used to it. And you're right, man. That it was it was a a, a real thoughtful conversation about the show. But then any other way we wanted to branch out, he was a total pro at you know what I'm saying just you know, keeping everything going. So I would have loved to do a marathon. I actually thought that I, I ended up getting tired. I was like, Oh God, I gotta. Yeah. I mean, well, when it's like when, when, when we did that, I was in Chicago. So I remember it was like, yeah, yeah. So in other words, Yardley and I were like, it was like two in the morning before we could even start the show mm-hmm. <laughs> to get him out or about to be in like, you know, or it was like two or three. I'm like, I was, I was dying out in the end. <laughs> yeah, he, he talked about. But it was about, a good show. It was. A he good talked show. about um, growing up in Sherwood Forest, uh, which was mm-hmm. cool, <laughs> you know, and uh, talking about teaching fencing to Sean Connery, and I mean, just he talked about being Bumblebee in the Transformer movies, and and uh, you know, I mean, like I think it was about a good hour and a half before we got to Black Sales, and then we literally had to cut it and then do part two which was all about black sales. And that was amazing stuff too. So I'm like, it it was so good. You know, the only reason why we didn't go longer was I had booked an interview, which I normally don't book two guests in the same day with uh, Ty uh, Olson, who um, you may know him from, he was on supernatural and, and uh, he was in uh, the, uh, one of the planet of the apes movies. And he's been a lot of stuff. That was the only reason why, I mean, we could have literally kept going and uh, but it was so. But that was a great episode, Mark Ryan. Um, and I hear also, that there's going to be a Bumblebee spinoff movie as well. If you haven't read his book, Hold Fast, that's the uh, Hollywood Pirates tale. It it is so good. I mean, he's got it, this guy has led the most amazing life ever, and he talks a lot about being on Black Sails in in his book. And it's, it, I mean, it's just a fascinating book. It's really good. You know, and I agree with something that he said uh, is I thought his character did get killed off pretty early. Like, you know, like I would have loved to have seen what he what he would have done in certain situations, you know, like, um, you know, because he even said, you know, like I kind of, you know, I kind of wish that my character was around longer because uh, just because he felt like he had more to the story. And I agreed. But but also, you know, you have to look at it is that you know when you leave you know you don't overstay you know what i mean so it's good that you miss characters you know like i think people don't look at it like that like you know when you get to a point where you don't want to be at a point where you're like will they kill this guy off already you know what i mean like you 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 like it when when they kill the character off and then you're like sad about it or whatever so i think that's good um the next person i want to give a shout out to is Mark Elderkin, um, uh, Mark Elderkin, who played Pastor Lambert 
uh, he was, uh, I believe he might have, he was the first person, right, that came on our show. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, awesome dude. He was so much fun to talk to. Like, uh, like we really chopped it up with him, and it was real early in the morning because he was, you know, you know, there he was in South Africa, so um, yeah, yeah, he was cool. He talked about working with Halle Berry and uh, some movie I never seen, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, and a bunch of other things. He was a uh, he was a great guest. Uh, uh, thank you know, thank you, uh, Mark, for coming on the show, and and uh, unfortunately, after there was actually a bad trend it seemed like all the actors that came on our show like got killed off or was barely in the show <laughs> afterwards <laughs> it was like uh I, I, like i'm not gonna mention this on air because i don't want actors to be like oh man I'm, i can't do the show because i might get killed off <laughs> but uh yeah he yeah after that I'm, i think he was barely on after that the next se- the couple seasons right so um, unfortunately, um, also, uh, we had Sean Cameron, Michael, you know, Richard Guthrie, great episode. Uh, uh yeah, dude, first of all, the guy, I, I know he's acting right, but he, he plays like a lot of pompous, like prickly type people. And he's, you know, he was completely different than the, a lot of the characters he plays, you know? Uh, just a real nice guy uh, and was mm-hmm. so giving of his time and he generally seemed happy to be on the show, you know. Uh, what did you think about uh, his uh, appearance on our show? You know, I thought it was cool because he came on both times. One time, I think he came on the first time he wasn't dead yet and then I think we got him on after his death that <laughs> happened later on in the <laughs> later on in the series. <laughs> But uh, he was definitely he was definitely a, a fun interview. As a matter of fact, um, he is he does have things going on, and it would be kind of cool to you know to get him back on and Mark Ryan to kind of talk about you know what they've been up to. But um, I know that we're I'm, actually I, I'm going to skip over Giannis um, Ileson who played Dufresne, mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring up Sabangale um, Malumbo first because she's been very busy and we were talking about her um, after one of our podcasts um, I think it might have been last week or, or the last show that we did maybe, when was it? It was like over the weekend? Over the weekend, uh, yeah yeah we talked about her so she's really been getting it in so i definitely want to talk to her because she was a great interview and getting back to Giannis, um um what is it iceland who played dufresne mm-hmm. he was first um, dufresne. yeah the first dufresne first dufresne yeah he was even to me he was one of my favorites mainly because all of the things that he was going through in his personal life right. and he's still you know he was he was a great guest, so I, I have to give him a lot of props for that. It was, it was such a great episode, and he was he was so you know likable as a person, and and just really he shared a lot of what happened behind the scenes, you know, because you never know how much people are going to uh, to share with you. And he was very uh, you know outspoken and upfront, and told us uh, everything that went on, and. Uh, you know, I was glad that he was doing better. Uh, we probably should check in with him just to see how he is now at this point. But uh, it was unfortunate what happened, you know, him getting sick and then uh, not being able to continue on on the show. But uh, he definitely made an impact on the show. And I thought 
I thought he was really good as a guest. Have you been tracking, Jen? Uh, what was going on with um, Giannis uh, Iceland? I, you know, I I swear I heard something, but I can't remember what it was now. Cancel. Um, oh yeah, no, I knew that. I I just I know something. There was something else about sort of where what was happening recently, but I now I actually don't remember what it was. Mm. Oh, you know, hmm. You know what? I. I, I don't know why, but and God forgive me if I'm wrong, but I swear that something came across my uh, my inbox that said that he was gone. Oh, let me let me look this up. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure actually now that I'm thinking about it. Well, I'm I'm on the Googles too. I, for a minute, yeah, he died. Yeah, yeah wow. he passed away. That's right. Yeah. Oh man, that is sad. Yeah, yeah that's really sad. Yeah. yeah, it is. He was quite a talented person. Also, you know, I, I've actually had conversations with people about the first Dufresne versus the second Dufresne, uh-huh. and and the just sort of the mannerisms and things that, and a lot of people attribute the people disliking Dufresne to it being the other care the other actor but no that's really not what was going on guys Dufresne was he had a certain character arc yeah absolutely I thought I thought both individuals did a great job but you know I'm I'm more (laughs) biased you know to the first Dufresne you know I thought Jans did a great job so yeah yeah I like I like the first one I like the first one better so yeah Wow, I I didn't even know that. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, we got well, it uh, in the group. Uh, I don't know. Have they have they uh, acknowledged that in the group? But this was a couple of years ago. I mean, wasn't it? It was like a, it's been it's yeah. been well over a year. It's probably been a couple of years because my oh, gut 2016. Me, I'm seeing it now. Yeah, my gut was telling me. I was like, man, did he pass away? But I didn't want to blurt it out because right, right. I wasn't sure. But um, but yeah, and and actually, you know what? Maybe that that's one of the things that we'll we'll do is we'll we should post that episode, you know, you know, in, in the group because periodically I would like post some of our episodes. But now that the group has gotten real big, I think that we should maybe uh start doing that. Like maybe, um, I don't know, like maybe once a week or something, we'll post an old episode, you know, um. I think that would be kind of cool because I, I think a lot of people probably don't even might not even know that we had a podcast on it. I mean, I, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to uh, to do that. Um, okay. So let, let's talk about the, 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 the show specifically. And I, I guess you can't really start talking about the show without starting off with uh, Flint. Um, it's, you know what's so funny? What I what I kind of wish I did before this retrospective episode is go back and listen to what we were saying initially about Flynn and what we thought was going to happen and stuff and kind of match it up to what actually happened. <laughs> because I know we were taking like, oh, man, I think this is going to happen. This is, And it's, I think some things we were right, but most things were probably were wrong, you know? <laughs> Uh, there was definitely some things we totally didn't see, especially 
um, you know, his relationship uh, stuff as well. <laughs> we, you know, that <laughs> came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, kind of missed, kind of missed that by a big mark on that one. <laughs> yeah, but um, Flint, first of all, you know, Toby Stevens, phenomenal actor, you know, just terrific. Uh, obviously, it's in his blood, his mother, who's amazing as well, Maggie Smith. Uh, we know him from Downton Abbey and other many other things. Uh, his character arc, you know, it's it's funny, and we can totally debate this. He is a hero, but you almost have to say he's he's an anti. Well, he's an anti-hero, right? But he's like, you know, at times you love him and you agree with him. And you're on his side, and then there's sometimes you're like, "That's some shitty decisions that he, you know, like he plays Russian roulette, but he don't put the gun on himself." <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> nope. hey, I've, I've been ride or die with Flint from the beginning, though. Like I, I, I would figure it's kind of like Game of Thrones. Like, you have the people that you don't like, but then when you look at the people that you do like, they did the same shit, but you just make an excuse for them because you like them. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I just, you know, I've, I've always been riding out with Flint, and I just thought that he had uh, the most interesting arc for me. Especially, I have to give credit to the writers because I thought that... Uh, the nature in which they unraveled his life was done pretty good. And there were some hints and some things that were foreshadowed with his character, you know, in the first season that kind of got pieced together uh, in later seasons. And part of that was his relationship with um, Thomas uh, Hamilton. But he's a smart guy. You know, he's been on both sides. So that kind of makes him an asset. So he's smart. The guy had was getting fueled. Uh, by vengeance on a couple of different levels, and you know he he's kind of like I actually put in the show notes. You know, he's like Stannis Baratheon. You know, he's got that type of a demeanor, but he's got the brutality of someone who was uh, driven by rage. So, and he took chances knowing that he could lose. So he's like the all-in type of guy, and that's why I respected the character so much. Let Let me ask you guys this question. Does Flint care about his men or are they or does he see them as means to an end? You know, like there's some people who totally see everybody else in the world as pawns in their game that they're playing with with the universe. And there's a lot of times I feel like Flint, I, I really question, does he really care about his men? I mean, I think on some levels he does, but. I don't think that's like the thing he thinks about the most. What do you guys think? I I would say in other words, yeah, he thinks about the men a little bit, but some, but he's more of a they're a means to an end. In other words, they you know we need to go do this, and you're gonna you need to follow me, and if you're not gonna follow me, well, I'll just I'll just you know cut your head off now and be done with it. So <laughs> I think he was, <laughs> yeah, he was like follow me or die. Oh really? I I didn't really think of Flynn as that type of guy because if he you know if he shoots you in the head that doesn't help him. <laughs> He's a type well, of guy who's not going to shoot you in the head because he wants you uh you know he wants you on the team for whatever is is driving him. But I think that's probably more of a Blackbeard thing. 
Well, you yeah, know, my, my feeling is that Flint is uh, Flint sees all the pirates as Nassau, mm-hmm. and Flint's goal was always to affect some change in NASA. So the men are not, it's weird, but I don't see him seeing his men. I see him seeing his men as assets, but I don't see him seeing his men as sort of uh, the personable people that that other, maybe other captains see their, their men as except, and well, I shouldn't say except, and also, I think this is perfectly demonstrated in season one when Flint is willing to kill Gates in order to achieve his ends. <clears throat> that's not a small thing. That's a huge thing. You know that they've had history together. You know that there's something big going on. So that that idea sort of uh, overarches everything that that would be that would make you think that Flint could be you know, your best buddy. I actually, until the very end of the series with Flint and Silver, I don't think that Flint ever saw anyone as his equal either. And I think that that put him in the position of also seeing everyone as basically an asset to use a pawn on the board as a a means to achieving a success in the game of chess, which was win Nassau. You you know... Something that's real interesting, too, about the whole thing is if you think of this show was filled with leaders, right? You had Flint, you had Vane, you had Blackbeard, you had um, uh, the governor, you had Eleanor, right? And except for Blackbeard, all those other leaders made a lot of decisions and some to their detriment over a woman. Blackbeard was the only one that didn't have like a woman that he was, you know, that he had to think about to make decisions like silver, you know, he had, you know, he had his situation. Uh, you had Eleanor, you know, uh, you know, she had her situation at, at some point. You also had, uh, the governor and you had Vane, you know, so since, um, Flint was, you know, he didn't have that issue, of course, <laughs> and uh, as well as uh, um, the person that he loved was not like ever present. So do you think that was one of the reasons why he was so clear to make, because he seemed to make decisions based on what his mission was always. There was never really that thing that seemed to derail with the, the with his eyes on the prize. Whereas those other characters their heart kind of got in the way at times of their decision-making process. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. What do you guys think about that? Well, well, for me, I, I mean, um, I, I agree with the tail end of, 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 of what you said. I, I think that Flint, uh, he's a measured type of guy. And, and one of the big qualities of being a leader, especially a leader of men that could potentially be all over the place, is the fact that you stay the course doing the things uh, that you want to do. You want to stay focused, but you have to be able to juggle all of the things that are around you. I think that Flint is just a master of that. But also, you know, he's got a lot of things uh, kind of built up inside that kind of goes back to his relationship with um, the Hamiltons. Mm-hmm. 
but also the fact of it's just I think what Jen was saying about how he sees, you know, piracy and Nassau as a thing in itself. So, um, for me, I've just always admired characters like Flint that they're driven and they go to do what they want to do, but at the same time, they actually put their skin in the game. Whatever they were doing, Flint was on the front lines doing it with them. Right. And I, that has that has to mean something for people who are following you. The same thing with Charles Vane. You know, I mean, if if somebody's going to talk the talk and they're in the front doing it, uh, I think this is one of the things that kind of puts those characters on another level because we didn't really get that from Silver until like the tail end of the series. So uh, Flint's my guy, but I'm very curious to see how uh, Jen kind of thinks of my 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 man crush on Flint. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 I'm right there with you. Uh, of, of all the characters in Black Sails, <clears throat> I think that Flint had the most honest, uh, he had the most honest affect. His, he was so goal-driven that nothing would sort of move him away from what he needed to do, except, except the one time when I saw Flint Waver. <clears throat> and it was so interesting because at the time that Flint Wavers is sort of the rise of John Silver mm-hmm. is when they were in the cage on the Maroon Island. And Flint, you know, says something to Silver about uh, Billy's plan. And he says, well, well why are you even letting Billy go off with this plan? And he's like, well, it'll give him something to do. And um, I don't really see any other way out, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I, to me, that was like disheartening because Flint's my man. How can he possibly not have a plan? And, and so, uh, so aside from that, uh, any other time when Flint sets his mind to something, something happens. So he's able to somehow maneuver a way to work it in his own best interest. But, you know, Yardley, you said something really interesting. It, the, the one thing about Flint that, that sort of makes me love the character even more <clears throat> is that Flint has this sort of uh, unbending idea, similar to Vane, but less driven by uh, outside circumstances. And Flint's idea of what is right is always sort of on the table. Even if we don't see it clearly, it's always right there. It, because the fact that he's like willing to lie to get to where he needs to go, kill to where he needs to get to go, uh, abandon principles that he once held in order to get to where he needs to go, doesn't say that he's a wavering character. Actually, it says that he's so solid in his ideas that he's willing to do anything to get there. Yeah, and he's he's also, I guess you could uh, kind of make the case that he is like, uh, do you remember, I think it was, um, it was season one. He doesn't necessarily pander to people. Because you remember, like, when you look at the series as a whole, and I'm pretty sure, you know, we're going to talk about Eleanor, but Eleanor, in a way, she kind of uses... Uh, her head, and sometimes she uses, tries to use her feminine wiles to to make something happen. And you, you guys remember? I think it was in the first season. It was that moment where her and Flint were talking, and Eleanor was kind of moving in. This was when stuff was starting to go bad for Eleanor, and she was moving in, trying to kiss Flint, kind of to get him a little bit more on her side. And Flint was like, 
you know, bless your heart. You know, you need to go away. <laughs> like he, he didn't really, he didn't fall for it. Now I know, I know after, you know, as the series went on, we can, you could probably make different theories about why he wasn't into her. And I mean, cause we know that uh, there was a point in his life where he was into Thomas Hamilton. We also know that there was a point in his life when he wanted to party and that was with Mrs. Barlow. So I guess you could make the case that he just wasn't interested, but I think that he saw through Eleanor trying to kind of, you know, you know, suck him in to kind of, you know, being 100% at her back. And I thought that that was, I thought that that was pretty cool as a character because he's like, he, he always thinks ahead. And I think I respect that he understands how to play the game. You know, he, he would, he'd survive a long time in Westeros. You know what, though? <laughs> Am I a bad person? Yep. Because uh, Eleanor's plan would have worked for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I'm just like, I'm, I'm carrying the water. <laughs> My constitution no, ain't that want? strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Yeah, it's like, what else can I do for you? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, hey, and, but, you, know, you, know, you know, I'm thinking about this as, we, as we're talking about this show. There's no way we're going to cover... The, the series in one episode so uh we're gonna have to do a part two so so i don't want people to feel like we have to cover everything in this one because clearly as we're going on we need to uh to do a second one so um but let's try to get as much as we we can and then you know we'll save the other good stuff for a second part but um uh going back to what you know because i mean we could do a whole show on flint <laughs> you know oh yeah um <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a, a point that uh, about his drive and about his determination and his belief in himself. There was an the scene where he fights Blackbeard, right? Clearly, a sane person knows that there's no way he was going to win that because he was already spent already, you know, just physically. But his belief in himself, like I really believe Flint thought that he was going to win that fight. You know, like in his mind, he he had the advantage, I, I believe. And I think that's what makes him such a devastating um, foe for anyone that goes up against him is that belief in himself. I think that powers him on. But, you know, like because yeah. anybody else would have tapped out, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's like the Black Knight in Monty Python. Man. <laughs> it's like, dude, just sit down. Right. <laughs> Goodness gracious, you got the pneumonia, you got the gout, <laughs> you got everything in the world. You know, you don't have any business going out on that beach. But hey, you know that's what plants do. Yeah, man. He, right. he, he's a he's a badass man. He's definitely a badass. And at times, one thing I do like about um, about Flint on the show because I talked about how he'd let no relationship keep him from his goal so he had a relationship with Gates right and I th- and let's just I'm going to just say this we probably should have said this from the top if you haven't seen the whole series you, you know I'll put it in the title we're going to I don't feel like I, we should have to say spoiler alert we're going to talk about the whole series so if you haven't seen the series uh, and you care about spoilers, uh, this is probably not the episode to watch. So, <laughs> you know, I just want to say that because I don't want, you know, somebody saying, oh, man, you ruined it. Like, you know, it's been a year. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But um, so Mr. Gates, right? He, I think he loved Mr. Gates. 
right? I mean, not in a you know in a romantic way. I mean, I loved him as a friend and all of that. But when it came time, when Mr. Gates stood in his way, what did he do? <laughs> you know, he yeah, man, he he took him out. You know, he doesn't let any relationship. That was harsh. What was it? And do y'all remember what Mark Ryan had said about it? He said it on the show. He said that Toby Stevens was so into it that he, one, he was actually choking him, and two, <laughs> he was actually crying. Real. And I thought that that was awesome. I mean, it's, I mean that's one of the best clips ever. He was like, he actually wept. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, and the cool thing, too, about the Flint character is, like, in different seasons, he he has characters that he's really like, you know, next to a lot, and the chemistry is always seems to be really good. So the first season is him and Gates quite a bit, right? And then right. Um, you have him and um, oh my god, the the, the uh, lady, uh, I'm having a brain fart. His the lady, Miss Barlow? Barlow. Thank you. Sorry, I had a brain fart. The, was it? It was Miranda. Was it Miranda? Was it Miranda Barlow? Barlow? Yeah, Miranda Barlow. Miranda Barlow. The scenes yeah. with her was always really cool. Um, and then near the end of the show, like all the stuff with Silver was awesome because it was like, you know, you it it kind of felt like you know like there was like this mental game that was going on at the same time. And I love the way that they, you know, they did the flashbacks to, to show you why it is that you know um, uh, Silver could compete with him in a sword fight, you know. Which you know, I mean, it was a stretch, but you know, I, I like that they they did that. And I just felt like he, there were characters along the way that he spent a lot of time with, and I really liked, you know, the interactions there. You know, like you know, he's such a great actor, and I think he brings out great performances also with the people he is in scenes with, you know, who are, are already great actors. But it seems like those scenes are always really, really, really well done. And my question to the audience is, um, I mean, to the to this panel is, what was the, the union you guys liked the most to see Flint with, like the scenes with? Uh, who, what character do you like to see Flint interact with the most through the run of the show? Oh man, um, uh, that's tough. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know what? I, I mean, honestly, because it, it depends uh, of what stage of the show. Because mm -hmm. it would be easy to say Flint and Silver, because both of those characters made it throughout the show. Right. I just think, for me personally, I liked uh, his relationship with what little I don't want to say it was even a little but whatever we got with him and Miss Barlow during that arc mm -hmm. you know that huge arc I thought that those two um, those two characters really played off of each other well and I, I thought that it was just I don't know it was just it seemed like the scenes were one they were more intimate two through her we found out more about Flint's past as well as one of the most shocking moments of the series when she gets shot you know so I was so for me I thought that that parent worked the most because at the end of the day I know that she was someone that affected Flint in a major way in this story major yes uh, yeah. how, how surprised I, were you uh, when um, Jen, when uh, Miss Barlow got it, when she was shot, yeah, that's uh that's slang uh, for got shot. I <laughs> 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 oh God, okay. Um, 
uh, actually, I, I don't. I don't remember exactly what my first reaction was, but I do remember what my second reaction was. I we were we had black sales parties. This is before I started podcasting with you guys. We used to have black sales parties where we would invite people over and. There was, I don't know, maybe five or six of us. And I remember standing up and saying, that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) As if there was any kind of fairness to be had. But I I viscerally reacted to that. Like, that is, no, 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 do over. That's, no, this is not cool. And I think part of the reason that I felt that way is because it, it, it was all around Flint, to be honest. Flint had just sort of bared what I think was maybe the most that he was going to by by even thinking about giving up or not giving up but giving in to what the governor was suggesting about you know take accountability and all of this stuff and and within a breadth of a moment Miranda is dead and it, it just it oh my god it rang so hollow to me both for Flint and for her, that all of this was for naught. Now, I mean, obviously, I couldn't see forward into what was going to happen. <coughs> but wow, I, re- I for a moment, I actually thought, well, that's the end. Nothing, nothing <coughs> can be good from this point forward. Yeah, it was definitely very few times do shows really surprise me. That was very surprising. I definitely and the way it happened, too. It was so like, whoa, like, you know, just. I mean, that was one of the most shocking deaths, I would say, of the series. Yeah. You know you know why I think I felt that way, thinking back on it? I think I felt that way because I felt exactly like Miranda felt. I felt like she was listening to their clock in his room, and she felt such a sense of moral outrage at what was going on that he had reaped all the benefits, and they had been exiled to a place that she clearly didn't want to be. And I think I felt exactly the way that she felt about what was happening. And that's why I reacted so strongly. But it was a huge shock. You're right. Uh, I reacted strongly because I was totally crushing on her. (laughs) I was like... If I was like, if I was a pirate, like she would be the one. But then again, she would be way richer than me, so I'd never have a chance. But yeah, that, that I, was the, I, that, I really, that would have been really the booty did. you were chasing. Yeah, <laughs> she would have been one. I would have, I, I would have. It would have been hard, but I probably would have ran past Max. I probably would have ran past Eleanor, looking all the way. But I would have ran. Ah, <laughs> you can't go wrong. None of them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be a little, little difficult to run past Max. I think totally. <laughs> I mean, be, both of us. But like I said, I mean, Miranda will be the one to marry. You know, you know the game. Uh, what is it? Uh, kill, fuck, marry. Yeah. <laughs> Miranda's, Miranda's Eleanor gets married. to kill. Huh? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> that is funny. And you know, just you know, as we're doing this show and. It's bringing back all the memories from the show. Uh, it's probably going to be more than just part two, <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> because I like I'm thinking about it more, and I'm like, I could we could do a whole show on Eleanor. We could do a whole show, but um, I do want to get to some other characters, especially I, I think in this episode, maybe we should just focus on characters that connect with Flint in this one, because Flint definitely does deserve that. 
um, you know, uh, definitely deserves that because he was such a fascinating character. Um, the one thing that I I think is very interesting is uh, the Vane and Flint rivalry. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And we definitely got to see two different leadership styles, right? Definitely two different arcs. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, Vane, because um, I feel like we definitely need to go very deep into Vane, uh, <laughs> uh, is that, uh, you know, he ultimately made a huge sacrifice in the end, uh, Vane. But I loved how, in the end, they came together. You know, these two rivals, they came together and for the same cause. And remember, it was that moment where he was, uh, Vane was faced with the knowledge of what was going to happen to Flint. And he was like, he was almost offended. You remember that? Or he was like offended, mm-hmm. like, like if anyone's yeah. going to kill him, it's going to be me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're not gonna kill him first. I was like, I get him. <laughs> exactly. That was a classic moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so you many. Wonder of them. what happened between the two of them before we, you know, open shot? Doesn't it make yeah. you wonder what kind of history the two of them must have had in the past? Because it must have been like, if 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 what we see is sort of, you know, oh yeah, this is just par for the course for Vane and Flint. Man, they must have had some storied history. Uh, oh, you're right, Jen. That that would be, that would have been something that would be uh, wow. Yeah, that's some. You can get some serious head cannon going on uh, <laughs> thinking about what what went on with those two. But you know, Flint's like Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man. Like he's fought everybody. Like you, you know, like when you think about the series as a whole, especially down the stretch, like this guy is like battled all you know almost all the major characters. And what did uh, what did y'all think about when Flint and Bane fought? Did y'all think that there was a chance that we were going to lose one of those characters? You know what? I thought it was actually. I, I never thought we were going to lose one of the characters, but I thought it was so awesome that it was Eleanor that broke it up, mostly because Eleanor is the most polarizing character to both of them. So the fact that she broke up the fight made me ju- that I, that was a stroke of genius. That was a stroke of writing genius. Yeah, right. I figured that one each either with Flint was going to lose a eye or a finger and you know Vane was going to lose something I you know I didn't think they was going to I didn't think they would actually you know kill each other in that fight you know one kill or one or the other but I thought they would lose body parts or something maybe because they're both really good fighters yeah I mean I didn't think that I mean for me I felt more along the lines that there was a more of a chance for them to lose Vane I didn't think that Flint was going anywhere because of him you know his thing in the story and Vane was one of those historical characters that they brought in to kind of mix, you know, to, to kind of add, you know, another angle to the story. But I thought that there was a chance, but Vane, at least at that point, he was such a necessary smart brute that I think it was very smart that they didn't do it. Yeah. And we're, and we're, we're going to be more, we're going to go more deeper into Vane, maybe even the next one. But uh, and de- definitely we're going to talk a lot about silver. So, uh, Jen, I'm sure the next one is going to be a very uh, silver uh, centric show. So I, n- I know uh, you're chomping at the bit to talk about your your, your boy. 
uh, I know he's right <laughs> no, 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 underneath. No, no, no. He's no, no, right no, underneath no, no, no. the uh, the the uh, the um, fish monster from uh, Shape no, no, of Water. No, 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 no. My my guys are Flint and Vane. Right. If there was a perfect world, it would have been that little tiny sliver of the story when Flint and Vane were getting along. That would be that. That's the only space that I would ever want to write any kind of fan fiction because I don't want to think about those two fighting. Right. I love them. I thought both you were a silver person. Equal men. That's Jacqueline. That's uh, Jacqueline. Oh, my bad. I got him. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I was about. Oh, my bad. That one right. <laughs> Okay, well, well, I know who you really love. You love the fish monster from uh, Shape of Water, so that's your real love. <laughs> so, okay, so I, we can't talk about Flint without talking about Billy Bones. Uh, Billy, he ain't bones, bony at all. He's a big uh, fool, too, uh, uh, Tom well, now, uh, Hopper. Well, can't say. Now, remember, like, this is probably... Um, Let's take a vote. Why don't we just do this? Like, you know, after mm-hmm. we wrap this one up, okay. we'll do a part two to it, and then we can follow it up with some shows, and then we'll just do pairings, like Eleanor and Vane, okay. Gates and Billy Bones, you know, Blackbeard and Ned Lowe. I like that. And that way we can kind of, you know, we can do everybody really a, a proper, you know? Right, right. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a good path to go, yeah. Okay, so... Um, keeping it on, uh, Flint, uh, I know, and you, we had this conversation earlier today, Jen, that there were people who wasn't satisfied with how his arc, uh, concluded and, you know, which honestly, I believe that, you know, he, you know, cause you said that people were saying they felt like he didn't get his justice or whatever. I mean, I don't see where you get that from. I mean, I think he came out really well. First of all, he came out breathing, (laughs) you know, (laughs) which we all, I think we all thought he was probably going to die at the end of this. Right. Um, Oh, I didn't. (laughs) Oh, you might, you might've been the only one. I I mean, I just thought he was going to end, you know, on his back, you know, and, uh, (laughs) you know, we got to go back and listen to some of our shows to see what we was right. If we were wrong, though, I think I'm with Jacqueline. I think I was like, Flynn ain't going to die. I thought it was going to be left ambiguous or something like that. So, so what is the issue? Uh, Jen, let let me be clear. And if anyone in the group that's listening, who, who takes these, uh, points and they believe this, please, uh, you know, put in the comments in the show notes, uh, in the comments section, I'm sorry, um, the reason why you feel this way. But what are some of the things that people were upset about when it came to Flint's arc and how it concluded? Well, th- this is what I glean sort of from everybody all, just kind of the, the big top reasons. One of the big top reasons that they didn't like the end for Flint is that some people didn't think that Flint... that it was too ambiguous that nobody really knows what happened to flint and so why didn't they just make it more clear that was one two was they didn't like the fact that flint went off to live with thomas in kind of a happily ever after uh scenario where he didn't meet his goal which was to do something great with the treasure now you know part of the problem with all of this is it's the prequel to treasure island right. so the the treasure's got to be someplace and and flint has to either walk away ambivalent to it or walk away 
forced to leave the treasure. There's no other way to end the series, right? Because if Flint were to take the treasure, uh, there wouldn't be anything to discover at Treasure Island. Right. So, but but I think that from a character standpoint, the reason that some people were upset was because it didn't feel like Flint ever achieved his ends. That he spent all four seasons chasing this, and then in the end, he just goes off and lives happily ever after at a plantation. Now, I, I actually kind of disagree a bit with that summary but that seems to be part of what people were upset about. The other thing that people, I think, are upset about is that somehow Flint didn't stand stronger against Silver. That maybe he could have done something else that would have uh, forced Silver's hand to, to, to do something different with the treasure than what they were going to do with it. So those are kind of the reasons um, the, the other big reason I think personally is just, you know, people didn't, people don't like it when a series ends and, and it's, and, and one character seems to get what they want and the other character didn't get what they want. But I think Flint actually got exactly what he wanted. Yeah, he got, he got, uh, Thomas, so. He got peace off of the, he's, he's off of the sea. He's no longer at sea. So nothing that was at sea can trouble him really anymore. And yeah, he got Thomas. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to pretend to remember Treasure Island. Um, <laughs> I read Treasure Island as a young, a wee lad. And the only thing I really remember is what we've talked about on the show as it relates to, you know, <laughs> Treasure Island. And I think I might have. Just, you know, to brush up on it, I think I saw like a little summary of it on on YouTube. And I don't even remember that that well. And the one thing I love about Jen is Jen is a, you know, she is a, a really good reader and she retains everything she reads. <laughs> so she is our expert on everything that was ever written because Jen has read it. And she retains oh, yes. it. I, I am the library of it at Alexandria. That is me. That is, yeah. So I feel like you're an ATM that I can just keep getting money from. And uh, so my question to you, because I, I believe me and Yardley and Olaf are in the same boat when it comes to Treasure Island. Um, you guys don't have to answer that, but uh, I think we are all in the same boat as far as our memory of Treasure Island. So, yeah, <laughs> so Jen, how do you feel like the end of Black Sails dovetailed into the beginning and of uh, Treasure Island? Um, one, are you happy with how it dovetailed into it? Two, do you think that do you think it's you know because that's a work a, a masterpiece, right? Do you feel like it it served it well? Or, or is your mindset like, it's totally different, I'm not going to even think about the two being together? Like, what do you think? No, I think they set it up perfectly. I think, I think if we didn't have a whole lot of uh, room at the end of Black Sails, the way that we do between the beginning or the end of Black Sails and the beginning of Treasure Island, that there would be too much ground to cover story-wise and we'd never get there. So they left it very open-ended they left it sort of nebulous almost at the end where we can only assume that the events between the prequel to treasure island and treasure island itself were filled with all the things that some of the characters talk about 
you know, what happened to Billy Bones? What, um, because Billy Bones is, is much older Mm -hmm. when Treasure Island happens. And so is Long John Silver. I mean, they're, they're both, they both have a lot of years behind them. And so I think it totally makes sense. They set up everything, including Long John Silver kind of having a wife and they set up this idea of, what the treasure really means, why it's even important to Silver in the first place that he find it. I think that they did a really good job, to be honest. Okay, I feel good about that. And one thing I remember us, well, at least I was championing it. I can't remember if Yardley and Olaf and Jen was championing this and Jacqueline, but is to take some time in between the end of Black Sails and possibly do a treasure island adaptation movie but with more of a black sales you know uh black making more black salient <laughs> if that's a word i just made it up just pretend like it is a word would that work jen i i don't know i, I don't you know but see see part of the thing about treasure island that i think you have to remember is this is it, it's not just young adult literature right it's actually literature that was that was written in a in not just like a different time period, but for a very different audience. And I don't know if you could make that good of an adaptation based on what the material was in Black Sails with Treasure Island. I I think that that would be asking too much of the adaptation. Why not? Because R. Kelly made a gospel song. You can d- take anything and make it into whatever you want. Okay, so <laughs> why not? You, they're good writers. Why can't they do it? You know, they they made uh, the X Files without Mulder. You know what I'm saying? Like, like why couldn't they do it? They're right. They're Just professional writers. You can do something doesn't mean you doesn't should. Mean you do should. Something. Right. I heard they contemplated doing Seinfeld without Sein- Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, so <laughs> why couldn't they do it? Why couldn't you adapt it? Uh, I'm sure the, uh, a clever writer could take the Care Bears and make it in, make it into a uh, a zombie movie or something. You know, so I don't I don't see what the, why that would stop it. I mean, obviously that's why I said make it black salient. So you take the overall themes and stuff. I'm not saying you have to do a port of the novel, but what you can right now. People who are fans of Black Sails, they see they're fans of Black Sails more than they're fans of uh, Treasure Island. Island. I I believe the Treasure Island fans are are very few. I'm just going to take that guess, you know. And I think by this point, they would be so happy to see Silver back and you know and and some of these characters that survive, which is very few, I believe. But you know, they could change it up. You know, they could you know they could have. I mean, they could tweak it, you know, to where it fits the black sales narrative. And I think it'd be awesome. I mean, I think so. But I think they need to let a couple of years go through just, you know, so that we can miss it. You know, Uh, I mean, we already do. But I'm just saying, like, I would be totally for that. And I, I remember Luke Arnold being asked that. And I think he his answer was something to the effect that he would be up for it. He, he would be up for it. But he said not right at the moment because he had a lot of things popping off. But he said that he would definitely be up to continue playing Silver. So you're telling me I, if, I if Stars I, I told you there was going to be a, a two-part, four-hour movie, you know, with Luke Arnold as the star. I know that's not your guy. 
but uh, Luke Arnold is the star, and maybe a couple of other people, and the same writers. You're telling me you would be like, ah, skip. No, oh no! Don't get me wrong. I would, I would not skip it at all. I, and and I think what you just said actually makes all the difference. If it was just like you know a, a short two part series, three part series at the most, then yes, then that would be intensely watchable. But I don't think that you could take the source material of Treasure Island and turn it into an entire season or anything. Like oh no, that. no, or, no! I, I always yeah. said like a, a, a TV movie. Yeah, that that actually might work. Okay, so I got one person on my side. Anybody else that want to join the cult? I'll join. <laughs> uh, why not? Like, I mean, you know, like, you know, I, I, at this point, I think we're all whores for black sales. So, you know, <laughs> why not, right? <laughs> why not, right? Uh, you know, it's like it's like sometimes when a um, when a uh, a video game you like when they come out with a sequel, but it's, it's not really a big jump, you know, in technology or whatever, but you love the game so much that you'll take any new content from it. Basically, you know, as long as it's decent, you know, right. Like, you know, like the resident evil games, right. You know, uh, four and five isn't a big jump, but I, I like four so much. I do it. And most of the call of duty and, uh, the, the Madden games, right. Same thing with this. Like, I, I think those writers are so good and, you know, we love the material that and it's natural. It's not like they got to shoehorn some made up shit. They can actually, you know, you know, they can actually use, you know, what they were getting towards. So I just ha- I have to believe they're they have. I can't believe those writers never thought about this. It, it's it's not a cookie cutter type thing. So, I mean, they can, you know. Work. They might be. They probably work at it. Yeah, good. As good as of writers as they have, they could probably work it into something and make it work out right. Did you read Hannibal? Uh, Jan, me, Jan. No. After Silence of the Lambs, the next book was Hannibal. Did you read that? Uh, Of course, I I've read every of Thomas Harris's books. Now, you know. Now you read it. But, you know, was it is it wasn't up to Silence of the Lambs. It was kind of, you know, but, you know, you were probably glad that he made the book, right? Well, it, it, see, that I don't know. In in a weird way, I I know what you're getting at, but I think that this is different. I and hope, it, I hope so. Hannibal sucked. <laughs> it's, it's, different. <laughs> it's different because the source material for Treasure Island is just written in such a way i'm not saying that a good writer couldn't do a strong adaptation i think what i'm saying is Mm -hmm. the in order to do this adaptation number one you'd have to change a lot in order to make it black sales ish number that's that's the thing but number two the the remember that the characters that people are rooting for in treasure island are not the characters that we associate being the good guys in they, like they would really have to change Silver's story arc a lot because Silver is not a lovable rogue not in Treasure Island. You know, you don't want Silver to succeed in Treasure Island. You you're rooting for him to fail. So I I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I just have reservations sort of about saying a, a full throated yes. Because I think it would just require a whole lot of... They would have to change the story so much that I don't even know if it would be recognizable as Treasure Island. 
No, it'll be more like Black Cell Treasure Island. Right. There's something there. There's something there, I think. But like I we'll said, like two or three years from now, though, I think then, you know, because the show, the, it may have to happen because the show is definitely more popular, as we said at the start of the show. Um, it's much, much more popular. Our, you know, uh, our engagement just from our pot, from our group and our page is higher. Uh, more people actually know the show. People are talking to me about the show. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, more people have, like, have found the show, much like The Wire, much like uh, there's a bunch of shows that that happened to where I think Firefly was like that, right? Like, once it went off the air, it became even bigger than, uh, than you know, to the point where they made a movie, right? Uh, Serenity. So, someone will try to clone Black, Se- Black Sail's success. Somebody will try to clone the pirate aspect of, you know, gritty storytelling. And I, I don't know if they'll be successful, but somebody will ride that coattail. It's, it, it's almost implausible to me to think that people are not paying attention. In the same way, uh, honestly, that Spartacus did this whole thing for the, the gladiator kind of genre. There's a whole, but there are tons of copycats out there sort of right after that. I, I can't possibly believe that that, that somebody doesn't have something in production. But I will say the same thing that I said in the group, and that is, historically, Hollywood doesn't like pirate stuff. They don't like nautical stuff because it doesn't sell well. So, yes, we've got a core group of people that love black sales, but in order to make it feasible on a, on a wider scale, I, I don't know. And just for people to, who may not know this, I haven't seen this, but I think you guys have. Um, if you love to- Toby Stevens and we've been singing his pra- praises, um, he is on the Netflix series uh, Lost in Space, uh, playing John Robinson. And uh, he has a, a, a mini series he's doing called Summer of Rockets. Uh, oh, okay. Interesting. That looks good. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so if you like like his work, which I'm sure most of us we do, um, also uh, in, uh, avoid him in Die Another Day. That was a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we you know you can't hit home runs every time you're at the bat. But uh, and then um, also uh, uh, Luke Arnold, who plays Silver, uh, it was on a show called Glitch. I don't know if that's still on. Uh, isn't I saw that. It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. And he was been on this something called Half Magic, a movie, another movie called Hyde Park. He was on the episode he's, of Lethal Weapon. He's starring in a new series that's about a magician too. Oh, okay. Uh, Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters, and Why Not Choose Love, a Mary Pickford manifesto. And then for love, that must be the one you're talking about, right? The t- oh, it's a TV. We, we movie. need Jacqueline on here for this. Yeah, TV we need movie. Jacqueline on here for this. Yeah. <laughs> she knows everything. She's probably yelling at the the radio. Like, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So th- those are uh, since we f- talked a lot about them, I-, I wanted to to give you an update on what they're doing. And um, so this was a lot of fun. I'm I, actually, I mean, I was looking forward to doing this. But I didn't realize how much I enjoyed uh, talking about the show, and this was this was a lot of fun. I, I can't, uh, 
I'm glad we we took some time in between this because sometimes you need to step away, you know, and then come back. And I thought that yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. So, uh, so when do you guys want to do a, a the part two? Um, I don't know. Y'all game for same time next week. Let's do it. And did you want to uh, open up to the fans in the group? You want to do a poll in the group of uh, of um, who we should talk about or or something like that, uh, and you know, let them know we already pretty much did Flint. So uh, yeah, everybody else. That. So that that'd be interesting. So you know, if and if they pick right, we'll do it. <laughs> Be <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, it it it, it broke the the polling broke, so we're gonna have to just go our own way with this. <laughs> well, I, I can almost predict the future, but I'll I'll keep it to myself, and we'll see what happens. Okay, and you know, and let them know because because uh, if Flint wins, you know, <laughs> like hey, look, we said we did, you know, we did Flint, so uh, he's done. So uh, I'm sure we'll. Always, you know, we'll talk about him, but uh, this is going to be a series. I'm already realizing it, but you know, the cool thing is, we this is episode number forty-eight. So, uh, two more episodes, we'll actually get to fifty, which is pretty awesome. So, uh, wow, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to it. So, I'm going to start off with you, Jen. How do I get you in social media and tell us about your website and the good news about your uh, your new writing venture? Oh, uh, okay. Well, uh, you can get me on social media at Following Bliss pretty much everywhere. My website is criticallaughswith2ls.com. And I just started writing, although I don't have anything published on the site just yet because I'm building it up, for uh, a site called TV Series Hub where I will hopefully be doing American Gods as soon as it comes out and uh, a couple other Netflix stuff. Oh, by the way, American Gods. Did y'all see the uh, the little featurette on it? Of the, I did. See, did you see that, Yardley, about season two? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, they have a little featurette. It's very, it's like a teaser to let you know it's back in production and all of that. And uh, a friend of mine, um, Madeline, uh, I think you may remember her, uh, uh, Olaf. She's doing yeah, an audition. Yeah. She's about to do an audition uh, for American Guide. So uh, good luck to her. Hopefully she can get on there and then, you know, mm-hmm. we'll have her on there. So she, she said, I think she said the scene was going to be with uh, um, the star of uh, American Gods. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Don't get old, you guys. Don't get old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, too late on that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Olaf, how can people get you in social media? And and, and you're about to start a movie too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, well, you can follow me on both uh, Facebook and Twitter at Olaf Barbosa. And it's like I'm getting ready to make make a career shift. Uh, It's like I'm going to start working as a set decorator which is a set builder for the movie The Translator. It's a movie about uh, human trafficking, uh, where we're trying to bring... The goal of the movie is to bring up awareness of the human trafficking. Short version is uh, there's a UN translator. He's getting married. His buddy's taken to a strip club. Uh, one of the, it's like one of the girls finds out you know, that he works with the UN, and she's trying to get out of the trafficking, 
somehow winds up back in his apartment the next morning. And, of course, the wedding's off, and then he tries to save her from trafficking. So, and that should be, that, that should, that movie should be at the theaters next year. All right. It's oh, called The Translator. Called, right. called The Translator. And, and a big shout out to uh, Grayson Sonata, right? She's the director, right? And the writer? Uh, she was one of the co-writer in. Oh, I please don't get this wrong. Uh, one of the one of the producers or director, and then uh, our buddy Arpo was actually working on the film too. Yes, and they're all indie radio uh, people. So shout mm-hmm. out to them and good luck. I haven't talked to them in a minute. I'm gonna have to uh, hit them up. But uh, yeah, kudos to you guys, man, and good luck on your production, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, now Yardley, how can people get you in social media? And, um, uh, yeah, how can and, you uh, get you to social media? Right? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at militant underscore. Yeah. And you know what? People are, people ask me a lot about you, Yardley and, um, uh, Yardley is a terrific artist as well. So I don't know. Do you have any of your work anywhere that people can see it? You know, I used to have a blog, but I'm kind of working on it now. But mm-hmm. I, I'll definitely I'll, I'll post it at um, Indie Radio once I get it up and running. Oh, that'd be dope, man. I, I'd love to see it. And um, like I said, I'm a uh, I'm definitely going to be in Atlanta for uh, Thanksgiving. So uh, cool. the family is going. I don't know exactly where it's at, but it's supposed to be a really nice place. So uh, you know, so that'd be dope. Yeah, we got to get up. All right, so you can get me at Kente F. On Twitter, you can go to our website at IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y, Radio.org. I have a couple of announcements. Um, we will be early tomorrow morning. We will be uh, interviewing actor Paul Reddy, who played Henry Goodsir, uh, on um, um, the show The Terror. Um, the only the reason why we're doing it so early is because he's in the U.K., and that was the only time in, uh, that made sense. So uh, hopefully you guys can check that out. Uh, looking forward forward to uh to that that should be a lot of fun he was one of our favorite characters on the show the terror uh also i'm letting you guys know that we are bringing a show back from the dead uh a show that we used to do uh, i always mess up the title but i didn't name it so uh <laughs> cinema du fromage which is uh roughly translated to cinema of cheese and uh, Olaf <laughs> used to be on that show, <laughs> and uh, that show, yeah. that show we we look at movies uh, pre nineteen ninety, um, yeah. corny movies, and we I, review it. Hey, Return of the Living Dead is not a corny movie. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> you should come on, I, man. I just actually saw it, and I clicked going just for that movie. Oh, you should then you should be our special guest uh, panelist then for that show. Yeah, so I watched it like uh, two weeks ago. Okay, so you you caught up on it, so I'm gonna have to rewatch it. But uh, so we're gonna do Return of the, the Return of the Living Dead and um, also the Omega Man. If you guys seen I Am Legend, uh, then you kind of know the Omega Man <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna do a lot of uh, really interesting uh, movies this year and. Uh, uh, King Penguin is a part of it. Jen is, and uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, Olaf will stop by. And you know, it's this is always fun uh, to look at some movies from back in the day, and you know, kind of make fun of. We did Zardos in the first season. We did uh, <laughs> Hercules Unchained, which was hilarious. Uh, Space 1999. Uh, we did 
uh, Logan's Run, which I, one of my favorite movies as a kid. Uh, oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, we did this movie called Night Riders. It was a George Romero film mm-hmm. about uh, these people who did Renaissance reenactments, but they were on motorcycles, starring Ed Her- a young Ed Harris, you know, so, mm-hmm. which was a, uh, which was a, a interesting movie, and Tom Savini was in it as well. And then I think the last, yeah, the last one we did was Wild in the Streets, which is a really good movie. Um, so uh, we're looking forward to this, and uh, and um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So uh, that'll be the first episode is on June seventh. So and that will be the Omega, um, the Omega Man. So all right. So with all that said, um, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next time right here on IndieRadio.org. Peace.